0: Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business.
1: In the official podcast of Asbo International.
0: And I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed... John Bricado. And yes, believe it or not, this is the holiday week Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we keep things going. We do want to obviously acknowledge the uh, Patriarch celebrating our Independence Day for this uh, wonderful country we live in uh, for July 4th. And so uh, with that, um, let John go into the episode we have for this week.
1: Yeah, so even on a holiday weekend uh, we can't stop. We got to get the you know everything out there for our listeners so we we make sure that you're getting the most out of uh, listening to this each week so Every we week. don't stop short this week uh this week we have maria perry she's a school business administrator and secretary to the board at the monmouth regional high school which is in new jersey and we're really focused on outsourcing today it's a topic that uh i, I think a lot of us have discussed more recently with the great resignation and really the challenges that we're mm-hmm. finding in the field huge challenge uh, finding you know, really highly qualified individuals for the work and the vacancies that we need to yeah, so, fill. in filling the gaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Maria does a really nice job kind of allowing us to understand this, the balance between having your own people internally and maybe looking to outsource to fill those gaps. So we hope you enjoy uh, our conversation with Maria Perry. Today on the podcast, we have Maria Perry, a school business administrator and secretary to the Board of Education at Monmouth Regional High School, located in Titan Falls, New Jersey. Maria, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Hello, hello. How are you?
1: Yeah, good to have you on. Great. Thank you. How's it going? (laughs)
2: Uh, Hazy, hot, humid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a nice summer so far. That's (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like (laughs) that over here. I'm out in Vermont. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, feels
0: like it's going to rain any minute. Yeah, it probably will. I would see clouds are going to come over around three o'clock. So um, that's cool. That's good. Well, um, in any event, um, you know, we really appreciate when uh, folks like you can make the time to come on. Um, You know, you are are definitely one of the titans of our business. Um, (laughs) You you know, we, oh, seriously, you know, we we met you, um, I would say at the EAC, but virtually right? Because I know you didn't make it um, at the headquarters personally uh, in April, but um, you know, all the work you've done and as far as helping the committee out and being an editorial advisory committee for those who didn't know EAC, um, it's been so great. So before we really get started, um, the folks that don't know you, if you don't mind, maybe just taking a minute or two, just tell us a little about yourself, you know, about your background, your experience. Oh, sure. So
2: thank you. So um, again, thank you again for asking me to be a part of the podcast. Um, I feel like now I'm out of the 18th century in technology and I'm inching my way into the 19th uh, century, uh, so thank you uh, for that. Um, I grew up in Wayne, New Jersey, which is North Jersey, about probably about a half an hour away from New York City. Um, it's okay. a beautiful, historic town. Uh, George Washington had his headquarters there during the Revolutionary War. So. Uh, that was uh, one of the highlights of growing up there. You know, I graduated from uh, Stockton College, which is now a university, and I began with a degree in accounting, and I began my career in a midsize auditing firm, and my specialty was government, not-for-profits, and small businesses. And okay. then uh, when I began graduate school, I began looking for a different position only because the demands of being an auditor and traveling and trying to make night classes uh, can get very dif- difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, I applied for and got a job as a junior accountant in our local VoTech. And so I was working there and the business administrator said, hey, what do you want to do after you finish graduate school? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> so she said, I really, I really think you should think <laughs> about being a business administrator because I think you'd be, you know, that this might be good sure
0: for
2: you. So I said, sure, why not? And uh, what she did was she started giving me work as uh, a business administrator. And then I started taking the classes. And then about maybe six months to a year later, she put the newspaper in front of me and said, it's time for you to start looking for a job. So she was pushing me out of the nest. And that really started it, that I uh, ended up getting an assistant position in Clifton, which is still in North Jersey. And the rest is history.
1: Great. So
2: nice. I, yeah, I've been in my current district since 2006, and uh, I'm a CPA, a registered public school accountant, and I hold the ASBO CFO, so I highly recommend anyone who hasn't gotten it Yep, uh, absolutely. get that. And okay. uh, I also have two graduate degrees.
1: Oh, great. Excellent. Great. Well, again, thank you for for making time um, to come on to the podcast. We're, we're excited to have you. And as Jack said, when
2: SFO. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. SFO. SFO.
1: (laughs) And and as Jack said, as uh, we were introducing you, um, you know, we met you through the Editorial Advisory Committee. So not only are you on that committee, but you have also made some contributions to the SBA. And more recently, you've done an uh, an article on outsourcing uh, in in this in this publication. So can you first maybe tell our audience in, in your terms what does it mean to outsource these educational services? And could you even provide some examples or some commonly outsourced types of work that you find in in our field?
2: So outsourcing on the school district end of it is an opportunity for uh, districts to save um, financial dollars, so to speak, budget dollars, Mm -hmm. uh, while still providing valuable and mostly mandated services to students and staff. You know, common areas, that you have for outsourcing are food service management, transportation, custodial maintenance, and then you have other ones that are either OT, PT, speech, you know, those type of professional services, payroll services, and also technology.
1: And do you find when outsourcing, I I understand that the financial benefits to doing so, but do you find in your experience, do you lose kind of your locus of control when you're not managing your own employees and kind of relying on a company to carry out these services specifically to the ones you kind of just articulated?
2: So I think that one of the things um, that just should be mentioned is that, you know, we're, we're not dealing with, we'll say even positions on paper, but we're dealing with individuals, with human beings, with individuals that may have investments in the community, investments in the school district. And it's a very sensitive, and it's a a responsibility that is not to be taken lightly. And a lot of it is that planning for this has to really take place at least a year, six months to a year in advance.
1: Sure.
2: And it's just, you know, something that as much as you would like to say, well, you know, we're doing our budget and it's January, let's, you know, let's go to contracted maintenance and custodial in June. It's not going to happen. Right. Mm -mm. You know, so it's just something that, yes, I think you do lose a little bit of control, but I think it's just, Mm -hmm. that's going to be an offset of, you know, saving money.
1: Yeah. And and in what my experience in my school district, we, we contract our transportation among some other services, but it's funny because when I started at my district a few years ago, it's almost as if our contracted bus company is our own bus company because we're the main uh, client of theirs and the bus drivers you know thankfully for us have been there majority of their career so it's almost like they're our own employees like they've gone through many different kids in the same family so it's a very I mean we're in a small district so it's a very uh, family oriented family feel but it was just interesting to me because that was always my concern with contracted services. You may have people kind of cycling in and out, but you know, in my experience, we've had the same people. So it's almost like we've had our own employees as just through, you know, a company.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, you know, and I want to kind of dovetail off of that, you know, thinking about how the pandemic really um, may have really forced us to rethink ways in which we do business, you know, whether it be for safety, or logistics or economic reasons, like you mentioned to name a few, but um why would one even make the decision of to, uh, to actually outsource because there's an element I, I'm thinking that you know it may, may 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 or may not make sense um and I'm just kind of curious as to like how one could could figure out in that instance hey does it make sense or does it not make sense?
2: Well, I think that in uh, talking about you know why should we contract out or not? you know one of the things would be is as we talk about in this post pandemic world is, Personnel. So if you can't fill a position, let's say for a student aid, and it's uh, mandated per the uh, student's IEP individualized educational plan, you have to, Mm. by law, to stay in compliance to make sure that that student has an aid. So if you advertise, we'll say that you advertise twice, and you're not getting the qualified individual, you may have to go out to an educational services commission or to a private, we'll say staffing, resourcing, uh, type of company to fill this position because you have an ob- okay. You, as the district, have that obligation, and it, mm. you may not save money, but it, you know you don't want to get, you know, fall into a problem yeah, be compliant. with yeah exactly with the law. And, Correct. You know, yeah. the minute you're not compliant, you know, there's nothing that you can say that's going to, you know, make it better.
0: Correct. It could be huge ramifications.
1: And are you seeing too, I mean, we've talked about the great resignation as also a kind of another result of the pandemic. So do you see more districts kind of relying on outsourcing to fill those gaps when it may be more challenging than we're used to to find and hire qualified individuals?
2: I do. I see that um, in my recent county roundtable, our Educational Services Commission, they gave us the we'll say the uh, worksheet on all the services that they offer and one of them is aids whether it's a playground aid or a a student aid and the information was given to us in time for budgeting so if we needed to you know find someone that we could compare uh, what we were looking at as far as do we need to hire someone or should we just you know contract out you know and it also is something that You just have to think about constantly, but as I said, some of the things you have to plan out ahead of time because of, as I said, contracts. But going back to something that you just said about the relationship that you have with bus drivers uh, being there for a long time, we recently went out for a food service management company request for proposal. We have to every five years. And the company that we've had for 15 years uh, was not awarded the contract. so Mm. it was uh when the announcement was made exactly as you said that you had uh individuals that they felt like that they were breaking up with us and as much as you want to say well it's it's a company it you know it's just a professional service no these were family these were people there for 25 years that's that's even longer oh you know, and it was upsetting. But yes, it was a business decision. And hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll want to come to the new company. But yeah, that was exactly uh, what happened.
1: Yeah, that's tough. And I guess that's the risk you run when, you know, you can't just take for granted, especially if you have a company that's been in your district for so long, and you love working with them, you know, rules are rules. And we as business administrators have to follow them. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. So like you said, hopefully they do make the leap over the new company so they can stay in the, uh, in the district. But, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. You <laughs> know, th- they were that, wonderful.
1: Yeah. And that, that kind of leads me into my next question. You, you, you spoke to this a little bit prior, but you wrote in the article kind of weighing the pros and cons of outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe give us one of the larger things or a few things to look out for, uh, pros and cons wise when considering outsourcing, whether you're outsourcing with a company and looking to maybe pull it in house or or vice versa?
2: So, you know, with um, with the pros, uh, end of it is that again, obviously saving money. But the other is that, you know, you will you may be able to get, we'll say higher level talent um, at not having to have to hire someone. So if you need an administrator and you're a small district and you need a business administrator, you know, you may be able to get someone that's got, you know, 15, 16, you know, turnkey experience, sure. as opposed to if you were having a full time position in a small district at a smaller pay scale, you know, doing a share. It, you may be able to attract that type of talent uh, of someone saying, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to you know, pick up this additional district and, you know, have that experience. You know, another thing is that to look out for is, you know, do your homework call references, you know, talk to your colleagues and say, hey, has anyone done this or has any, have, anyone have experience? Because that is one of the, we'll say, the disadvantages that you may get this great quote and this great company and everybody loves them. And then they start the first week and, you know, you're waiting for, you know, a personal aid or a speech therapist and nobody shows up, you know, and. Good point. And also, you know, it's a contract. So, you know, everything has should go through your attorney because, you know, a contract is a contract is a contract. Now I sound like Judge Judy. But, <laughs> you know, you have to. But it is. And, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden you have something going on and now you have to talk to your board. Now you have to get attorneys involved. Right. And if it wasn't negotiated or read through carefully, Uh, You know, you're going to be the one that's going to have the issue. And again, out of compliance. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. it is also about confidentiality. You know, are there any hidden costs? So if you're doing maintenance and custodial, you know, is the downside of it is that uh, not one minute before, not one minute after. Uh, You know, they work, Mm. individuals work eight to four. But if you need someone there at five o'clock for back to school night, it's $50 an hour. So it's you know, you have to look at that as the downside is that we're something you have, you know, three shifts of custodians, it didn't cost Mm -hmm. you anything, now it's going to cost you, you know, additional monies. You know, and do you have minimum levels of service?
0: Yeah. So so that kind of goes into like, well, how do you really go about doing the research um, with regard to outsourcing options, you know, and, and seeing, I guess. If you look at the analytics of so what makes sense or not, and, you know, I get in this situation, what are some of the things you should keep in mind?
2: So I think you should keep in mind, um, you know, look at your school district and look at, is it the largest employer of the town? You know, that's that's one of the more important things. You know, when I worked in Clifton, okay. Clifton, the school district, which was then it was 16 school. Now it's I think it's 19 schools and the second largest high school it was the number one employer in the town. So you have wow. all levels across where mm-hmm. uh, individuals work. So if you're going to think about contracting out, we'll say custodial maintenance, you know, that's going to be, have an effect. And, yeah. you know, in New Jersey, people love their hometown districts. We have 622 or 600 something school districts. They love mm-hmm. their hometown schools. So Yeah, that's something to think about. You know, something else to think about is to can can contracting out, will it fulfill what you need? You know, will the companies say, well, I need a nurse on a bus. That's been our biggest issue is trying to find a nurse on a bus is uh, next to nothing Uh, where we've had to do in New Jersey. We can do parent contracts because we can't find a company to have a uh, nurse uh, contractually on a bus for a student. So you have to look at those different items of, is this worth it? And also again, with the money, if it's not a lot of money, you know, I would always vote for you know, keep everything in house. You know, your biggest asset are your employees. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's a great point. And we we are a people business, right? And we deal a lot with personnel. The majority of our budget is payroll and benefits. So, yeah. when you're factoring in these business decisions, you can't necessarily separate the personnel, human resources piece to it. So, with that being said, when you're looking at potentially outsourcing a service, do you find that your employees or, or unions or collective bargaining units see outsourcing as a threat and perceive it as such, and how do you kind of articulate that to your staff or your community on making these outsourcing decisions?
2: Well, I think that, yes, it can be perceived as a threat. But I think, you know, you have to be in communication. And that's it goes back to, you know, um, that this has to be a long-term effect. You have to communicate up front with the uh, leadership of the union and say, look, I just want to give you a heads up. This is what we're looking at. You know, we don't know if it's gonna go through, if it's feasible or not feasible. You can also look into something that is a phased in type of outsourcing, that everyone who's here has their job, but effective anything for the next school year, um, it's going to be a contracted out position. So all the community aides and the uh, student aides, you will stay here as an employee as long as you wish to be. But if you leave for whatever reason, that position is gonna get filled by an outside uh, sourced individual.
1: So I'm kind okay. of phasing over that's by good. attrition.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes okay. that's, we'll say that's the win-win uh, in the sense mm-hmm. of that everybody knows that um, they're going to be here so they can retire from the district or if they move or something like that, and then it's going to, the changeover is gonna take place. But I think, as I said, I think communication, and I think also, you also have to speak to your legal counsel about the possibility. Um, in New Jersey, yeah. and I didn't even know this, I found this when I was researching the article. So in New Jersey for custodial and maintenance, you can only, I think it's that, you can only begin exploring contracting out when the unit is in the last year of their bargaining unit contract.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, so really? You,
2: yeah, so <laughs> you have to, it was something that just came about this past year and okay. as, that's why it goes back to talking to legal counsel and say, you know, is this mm-hmm. something that is either going to cost us a lot of money or not cost us a lot of money? And, you know, you also yeah. don't want to kick off that there is a mass, like you said, the great resignation of everybody filing for retirement. And now pensions mm-hmm. is calling you up saying, what'd you do?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Because pensions don't like- want that. <laughs> What about like civil service? Is there anything to, I mean, cause I'm thinking that, you know, there's gotta be some pushback uh, with folks and, and really like, like you said, the legal aspect. But when you said um, a, a few minutes ago about, you know, how you can kind off board folks, what if folks, you know, they lose their, their status uh, as far as whether they be ERS for us, you know, that's the employee retirement system, you know, with their retirement system out there, um, wouldn't that, you know, make it more difficult for them?
2: So we don't have, I think there's very few districts have civil service. Um, So on our end of it is that if you have two sets of the pension system, the teacher's pension annuity and then the public employees. So you have Mm -hmm. certificated and non-certificated pension systems. So usually what happens is that when, let's say, that you decide to contract out We'll go maintenance and custodial again or bus drivers because that's the same uh, pension unit. So usually Mm -hmm. what happens is either the individuals will say have a termination and then to stay in the pension system, you have to find a job within two years and then they can stay in whatever level of pension that they were in. But just continuing, as I said uh, just thinking out loud here, yes, you would you would probably have to contact the pension system and say, look, we are doing this because of, again, that aspect of X number of individuals that, you know, may or may not uh, continue to have a job okay. and they may not be able to get a job. So it's all these, another layer Got that it. you just added on.
1: Interesting. And is that that looking for an outsourced solution in the final year of the contract? Is that specific to your... Bargained agreements or is that a statewide labor law kind of thing in New Jersey?
2: That was a uh, statewide.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. always good to confer with legal because, you know, there's things yeah. like that, that pop up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. Yeah. aware of, but, uh, yeah.
2: And I understand why, um, I, I do understand why that is there because again, in looking at budgets and looking at, you know, uh, you know, what doesn't affect thorough and efficient education? What doesn't affect students? You know, those are the things that you listen to. So again, your support staff, that while you need them there for health and safety, you know, can you do it in-house or can you, you know, contract it out? And that's, that's why I think that protection clause for those particular uh, bargaining units are there. You know, transportation, you know, it's the same thing, but I think also because there's so much transportation that's needed, you know, bus drivers right now. You know, just uh, you know, name your price, and I'll be your bus driver.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a nationwide wow. issue for sure. Right, right. Uh, but thank you, Maria. And you know, winding down here, anyone that we have come on the podcast, we like to give them an opportunity to just kind of leave our listeners uh, with some parting words of advice. So, if you're speaking to a seasoned school business official or someone who's just starting out, what kind of advice can you impart uh, for our listeners today?
2: So I would encourage them to get involved, you know, go to your county meetings, don't miss them, you know, go to them, make the time, Uh, go to your Mm -hmm. state conferences, go to your state and go to your state professional development, join ASBO International, you know, volunteer to be on a committee or to even be an officer, become a mentor, pay it forward to future business officials, you know, don't be an island, reach out to all your colleagues, you know, and say th- and you know thank you to everyone who helped me, uh, you know in my you know thirty something year journey of you know saying uh, this just happened what am I what am I need do I need to do you know uh, we're always in we're all in this together the lovely thing about this career is that there's no competition it's yeah. not like we're it's all sales all people yeah. and I'm going to steal you know uh, your history yeah, from another mm-hmm. exactly yeah. exactly uh, you know and just. You know, business officials are amazing, supportive professionals. And uh, I am just so thankful and grateful that, you know, I'm in this profession and that I was asked, you know, encouraged to join this profession. Yeah, And could uh, Your podcasts that uh, expand it, you know, that it's no longer, it's global, it's international. And hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, there's someone out there who's an accounting major, something that's thinking, you know, what is this like? And they can look at your whole list of all your wonderful podcasts that you have to show at how what a great uh, profession this is.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, all right. th- again, thank you for, for coming great on and, and sharing. Yes. Such great information uh, with our listeners. I know uh, everyone's going to get a lot out of it, and I've even picked up some things I need to consider <laughs> when I go back to my. We always industry, do. So, That's right? why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right, we it's learn great. just as much as everybody else, so it's great. <laughs> it's, great. it's great. But uh, I usually then,
2: feel like that I've done something wrong, and that you know, uh, you know, I've broken some sort of uh, compliance code somewhere. Uh, right. you
1: know, whenever I listen nah. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> yeah, as long as you're aware of it, you can fix it, right? So, right, so, exactly. It's all good, it's yeah, yeah. all good. But anyway, Happy Korea, July 4th. Yeah, yes. happy July 4th. Thank yes. you so much Same for, for joining us today. It was, it was great speaking with you. Thank you again for tuning in to SPO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with Maria. We learned a lot about outsourcing the pros and cons and really kind of striking that balance with what you need to do to find qualified people to fill those vacancies in your school district. Yeah,
0: it's, it's great, John. I think, you know, some of the insights and, you know, like the article is there, as I mentioned earlier, but, right. you know, to hear her state some of the things to watch out for, right? Uh, and also just when it makes sense, to do this because um, for all of us we are coming upon these vacancies right and then we had to fill the gaps in uh, but I think it was really great so I'm glad that she was able to come on and um, you know for all this is out there hopefully get some down of it as you do as you should with every you know episode that we do
1: yeah absolutely so thank you again everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next week